Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We're already on episode 9. Holy moly, had to do a double take on that one. I was like, my goodness, we're almost in double digits already, folks. I can't believe it. I've already done over 20 podcasts, and I've only started this thing in mid, mid-July. mid I think I've only been going for about a month here, so I think we're pumping out content pretty decently, I must say. There are some buddies of mine at work. We originally wanted to do a three-man podcast. It was going to be gaming. And, uh, you know, we just... Even though we work with each other, we have different off days. So we were finding it a little difficult uh, to be able to record at the same time and all being able to be available because, you know, people do things on their off days and stuff. So, I don't know, we fell through with that one. And uh, I just decided to do my own thing. And now they've decided that, like... You know, now that they've seen that I've gone off, they're deciding they're going to do their own thing, which is great. And, like, just for anyone out there by chance that wants to do a podcast, trust me, dude. I've wanted to do this podcast for at least, like, three years. I think I... I don't remember when I did my first one. I did it a long time ago with my buddies. I think it was my buddy Jesse. And I don't know if it was Kyle or Billy, but it was one of you two. I'm pretty sure it was Kyle. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie, like... I don't know. <laughs> Jesse just didn't seem to uh, really want to do it all that bad, but I needed some. I was. I wanted him to be my editor and producer, but um, because I wasn't so good at it, or I just really didn't want to edit things because I just like to throw it up there. But uh, yeah, that one didn't work out, so I just decided, you know, fuck it. I'm just gonna do it alone, even because I, I, even though like I know those aren't the most popular ones, podcasts out there. There's a few guys that can really do it, like Bill Burr. He has a daily, or a, at least two times a week, and he just does it all by himself, like an hour and a half, two hours, twice a week. And like, I was like, well, I just kind of compared it to doing YouTube. Like, basically, in the old days, when I would record a session, it would be like a two-hour thing anyway, and I would just play the game and then cut it all up. So I just figured, fuck it, I could do this, and I think I'm doing fine so far. But um, anyway, uh, so your boy just got off of work. And uh, I'm not so tired. And why am I not so tired? Well, because this guy's on light duty right now. And why, why am I on light duty? Well, your boy, GamerGX, had himself a bit of a Sunday. My, my, my. So I start work on Sundays. So basically Sunday is my mon- or is your guys' Mondays or whatever. And pretty much right off of the bat, I, I picked up like some boxes and I got down a little low. And I felt like a sharp pain in my tummy. And I was like, huh. That hurt a little bit, but I just kept going because, you know, I have lots of pains like that throughout my body, so I didn't think anything of it. And then, like, it just kind of proceeded to keep hurting a bit, and I was like, oh, man, what the hell? So I took off my, I wear, like, um, whatever. I took off my belt, and I checked, I, like, felt my stomach, and there's, like, a bump there. I was like, oh, what the hell? I was like, that's not good. And then, like, in my belly button, there's, like, like a bubble or some shit. I thought it was, like, a pimple or something, but it was, like, big. And I was like, whoa, but it didn't look like a pimple. So I was like, what the fuck? So I went to my supervisor and said, yeah, I think um, I, think I got a hernia. And uh, if you guys don't know what a hernia is, don't worry about it. Because I didn't know what the fuck a hernia was until just a little while ago, man. My wife's uh, grandma had one. And that's when I learned about it. I always thought, like, I, like, okay, I'll run you guys. I'll tell you what I learned. <laughs> so I did thought hernias was just a back thing. Like, I always heard the term, like, herniated disc. So I thought it was a back thing. But no, it's way more than just a back thing. Like, it can be, you can have a groin. You can have a umbilical cord one, which is what I have. And um, 
I think there's other ones around the stomach. You can get them a whole bunch of places. But anyway, what it basically boils down to is there's a tear in your abdomen muscle, at least well, this is for mine anyway, and a little hole is formed there, and basically your guts come out of it, like your intestines can come out, depending on the severity of the hernia. Now, just look up hernia, like bad hernia on Google, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Thankfully, mine wasn't too bad. It wasn't very bad at all, but that may also be a bad thing because we'll get to it. So I go to the hospital and, you know, going to a hospital in Canada right now, especially going to the emergency room in Canada right now is painful. It's an ex always an extremely long wait. And uh, yeah, I knew what I was going to be in for, but I had to go because it's Sunday and my doctor isn't open on Sunday. So I have to go to emerge. <coughs> so I get to emerge and yeah, the wait, like there's a sign there just saying like, yeah, minimum wait four hours. I was like, Jesus. And, like, honestly, it wasn't actually too bad. Like, I've been there a handful of times, and it was pretty standard, but my overall visit was seven hours long. So, but it wasn't just waiting. Like, I actually got to see a doctor within about two hours, which I thought was, you know, I've had worse. So, you know, not too bad, not too bad. So, doctor checks me out. He's like, yep, you definitely have a hernia. And um, so I'm just going to try and push it, and I'm like, come again? He's like, yeah, I'm just going to try and push it back in. I'm like, huh. Interesting, okay. And uh, so he proceeds to take his big-ass doctor fucking thumb and proceeded to shove that bitch right into my bubble thing that was in my belly button, which is my hernia. And he just shoved on it and pressed on that bitch with his big thumb. And I tell you, man, like, I've had some pains in my life, but this was one of the most uncomfortable pains I've ever had in my life like a if you ever shove your finger too deep in your belly button for some fucking weird reason then like you kind of feel a little sick to your stomach right so I had that going on on top of him pressing on this hernia which is very painful when you press on it with with any pressure and uh wow man and it felt like he was in there pressing on that thing for like fucking four years but it was like five minutes which is a long time too and I was like holy dude I was like come on and he's like yeah okay okay it's not going back in I'm like no fucking shit dude and uh so he's like yeah okay so we're gonna sedate you my eyes light up I'm like sedation oh my god like finally I have never been sedated in a hospital or anything like that before I've never I don't have I've never not even at the dentist or anything I have like pretty good teeth which is surprising because my family has a long history of bad teeth but anyway I got good teeth so I've never been put under or anything like that before so I was like ooh so I was pretty excited now, but then he was like, yeah, but then I'm going to have to go at that thing again and really try and press on it. I was like, oh God. But I was like, anyway, I like the sedation part. So I get start getting transferred to all these different fucking areas, man. I got moved like fucking three times. They put me in one waiting area and then into a bed and then over to another area. And then I got to this one area, which was really awesome. I got all these awesome lounge chairs. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, here we go. I thought I was going to get fucking high in this room. I thought, oh, sweet, I'm going to sit in this lounge chair. And there was this nice room. There's nobody in it. It was nice. And like, there was a bunch of these big blue comfy chairs and I got in it. And I was like, oh, to sit in that chair, dude, after sitting on those hard plastic fucking hospital chairs for the last like four hours and then a fairly comfy bed. But, um, yeah, going to that chair, man, I was like, Ooh, this is nice. So I was rocking there and then they fucking grabbed me and they're like, yo, come with us. I'm like, yup, you're getting sedated. I was like, yup, let's go. So I fucking, uh, go to this one nurse. She jabs me. She misses my goddamn vein, which hurt like hell 
burned the whole like fuck my whole forearm just went like on fire for a second so that hurt she was like that was your fault she, she was actually really really fucking funny she's just joking but she's like that was your fault i'm like ugh, whatever she's like well that's what i get for fucking challenging myself because she was trying to go for a fucking harder to get vein on me for some reason and me being just like a, i don't really give a shit i was like go for it but no that shit hurt and now there's a big bruise on my forearm and she was like yeah you're totally gonna bruise i'm like well oh well she was like pretty nice you know i've dealt with some pretty unpleasant <clears throat> hospital workers in my past and this was like one of my actually nicer visits i've ever experienced but anyway so i go into the room i'm all fucking hooked up and i they, they lay me down and then like out of nowhere like fucking six doctors and nurses all come in i and like i have to tell you like a i don't like hospitals i don't like going to the hospital it scares me and B, I have never been like in any serious real injuries to go to the hospital. The worst is I broke my hand and, and had a really bad ankle sprain. But like, yeah, this was like probably my most intense visit. I was like, whoa, man. So like all these doctors and nurses fly in. They're like fucking they're like, oh, you're going to love this, man. I'm like, fuck yeah. Can I get double? Like, can I take some home? Like the sedation stuff. And they're like, oh, ho, ho, no, you can't do that. You're crazy. I'm like, whatever. But yeah, then they just say fentanyl. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Fentanyl. And then, yeah, next thing you know, I'm like, literally, I'm talking to the dude. Next thing you know, I'm, I fucking woke up. And every, I was like, what the fuck happened? So whatever it was, it fucking worked. It knocked me out cold completely. But anyway, so I wake up and now my hernia is like bigger fucking hurts and like clearly looks like they didn't get the job done so i'm like fuck so i'm sitting there waiting 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 and then the doctor comes in he's like yeah we didn't get it back in but uh you know it's not big enough that we're gonna do surgery so we're just gonna like let it go for a little bit and see what happens and i'm like well fuck like that's kind of like the worst case ontario is that like they couldn't push it in but it's not big enough yet for them to do surgery and that's kind of the only way to fix a hernia as far as i know like i don't even know what they're trying to accomplish by just pushing it back in other than causing me pain um so yeah that's been going on and then yeah after that i just had to wait around for a bunch more and then yeah Spent seven hours at the hospital on a Sunday night. It wasn't, wasn't awesome, but I guess it beats work. So I was getting paid to sit in the hospital and wait. And I literally brought my, my 3DS and I was playing Chrono Trigger. So it was pretty tight. And I was listening to some podcasts. So I was, I'm always prepared, man. Like I always bring a 3DS and my headphones are always with me. So I'm always ready to go in case I have to kill some time. You know what I'm saying? I'm a smart guy. Anyway, let's get into some fucking hockey. Uh, I decided I'm going to throw in that story because A, it's a pretty light news week for hockey hockey if you didn't notice but i mean thank god the world juniors are going on because i'm i'm going to be talking about that and i want to try and take a look at the toronto maple leafs roster as it is right now and their salary cap woes because they're still over the salary cap and so many other teams are too and we're going to look at some uh some prospects coming out of the world juniors that i find very interesting we're going to obviously take a look at team canada and their destruction of of the of the tournament so far they literally won a game 11 to 1 and like it's pretty common like no i haven't been watching it because a i'm working b it's on at really weird fucking times i'm just like oh like ugh. it's like it's actually kind of hard for me to watch hockey in the summertime because i got a lot of other shit going on so yeah, so I haven't been watching it, and mostly because, well, the the three games prior to the Finland one or whatever, I didn't 
bother. I was like, whatever, that's just going to be a stomping. And they were. Uh, I was interested in watching Team Canada versus Finn, but I totally got busy and fucking forgot about the game and missed it. But I've watched highlights and shit, and, like, we'll talk about it, bro. We'll talk about it. But first, we'll just do our due diligence and talk about the fucking zero signings that happened. But, yeah, we'll we'll talk about them. This is really the lightest part of the news week, and, like, no big names at all. Muffin? Hello, baby. My cat just came up, and she's being weird. <laughs> she's uh, very... She's very weird. She's very happy daddy's home, but he's busy right now. So let's just get it over with because it's light. Uh, Winnipeg, David Gustafson, two years, league minimum, 23 years old. Awesome. Kevin Korshinsky, Chicago Blackhawks, three years, 950 uh, K. ELC. <clears throat> it's a little expensive for an ELC. Anyway, Sabian Zetterland, league minimum. New Jersey Devils, Riley Sheehan, one of the probably the biggest names for this fucking week. One year with the Buffalo Sabres, 950,000. Put up 17 points in 69 games last year. So, yeah, I don't know. They just need some bodies over there in, in Buffalo right now. Jake Wallman settles his dispute with the Detroit Red Wings, signing a one-year $1.05 million. So, I don't know what he was fighting about. Not, not that much of a fucking big deal. Guy put up 10 points in fucking 51 games, so take it easy, bud. Anyway, uh, Caleb, just a lot of Chicago. Chicago was the busiest, but, like, nothing nothing big. But Caleb Jones is back, so that's cool. His brother's going to stay and play with his brother. The other one, uh, Seth Jones, the one that gets fucking paid so much more than his brother because his brother is only making $1.35 million compared to Seth Jones's $950 million per season that Chicago's paying him. But he did actually have a pretty solid season for, uh, I think he's a, yeah, a defenseman. 51 games, put up 15 points, 5 goals, 10 assists. That's not bad. That's not too bad. But yeah, that'd be a fine depth defenseman, but he's going to be like top four for Chicago because they're going to be terrible. They also signed, Chicago signed uh, Philip Kurashev, one-year league minimum. Put up 21 points last year. What the hell? In, in the league, in the NHL, in 67 games, you only got league min? Huh, that's not too bad. <clears throat> Jake Lesh. Okay. Uh, Jake Lescision. That's got to be it, right? Three years. Uh, league minimum. Yeah. For, he played 41 games. Got six points. Okay. Not a big deal. Paul Cotter signs a. Relax, baby. Jeez, she's going crazy behind me. Good lord. I'm a daddy trying to record a podcast. I'm going to slap you crazy. I can't believe you're being crazy right now and interrupting me. Paul Cotter. Three years. Uh, 7.775K. Goddamn. League minimum. Jesus. 22 years old. Young guy. Don't know him. Jackson Cates finishes his out. Phil Philadelphia. One year. 7.75. League minimum. <clears throat> Pretty much. God damn it. Okay. Thank God that's over with. All right. Back to the good stuff. Or actually, well, I don't know. These are both pretty goddamn sad actually let's start with bad news and then badder news let's just do it that way because <laughs> that's how i want to do it. it's my fucking show uh robin leonard gonna be missing the whole fucking season wow when i heard that i was like geez that sucks for vegas but does it really suck for vegas let's let's dig into it just a little bit here <clears throat> Jesus, I got I got to get water. Sorry, I smoked a bowl, and I probably shouldn't have, or I should have just drank some more water. I'm gonna have a little sippy sip right here. Mmm, mmm, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. I don't know. I've been hearing lately, like some of the guys that I listen to <clears throat> podcast wise, are like, "Oh, I would never smoke weed." 
before doing a podcast, whatever, whatever. But, you know, I'm not your typical weed smoker. I smoke a lot of weed and weed kind of just energizes me. I don't know. Cause I, you know, nowadays you can pick what kind of weed you want. So I pick a weed that's, well, not the one that I got right now. I got fucking, uh, what's that? MK Ultra, that fucking medical. Me- oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. <clears throat> Anyway, yeah, I hear a lot of guys don't like to smoke weed, but then, like, I don't know, the ones that are really dope and the most popular ones, like Joe Rogan, like, all the comedians, the big guys, they fucking smoke, get drunk, like, one of the Joe Rogan ones, one of the dudes, like, passed out for, like, an hour and a half on the show, he's just fucking out, out like a light, out like a light, I couldn't believe it, and they're just, like, ratting on, like, it's so entertaining, like, I know Joe Rogan isn't everybody's cup of tea, and I get it, I get it, because he talks to a lot of, he does a lot of political crap, and, like, but the thing that's great about Joe Rogan podcast that there's so much to go through and like me I just like to listen to the comedians the the cool musical guests that he has because the musical guests tell good stories and then the odd person that I'm just a fan of like he had Mike Judge on the creator of Beavis and Butthead and shit on and and King of the Hill on and I was like that's sick that's so sick and some of the best ones is when he has uh Joey Coco Diaz on oh my god if you don't know who he is he was um he was in the Sopranos and he was also the fat guy in the longest yard. Hey, just need a diet soda and I'll be okay. You know the the guy that's always eating the cheeseburgers, really fat guy. That's that's Joey Diaz. That guy is a fucking legend. I love him. And I just realized that he has his own podcast. And I listened to it for the first time, and I was like, oh my god, the missing piece has been found. So uh, yeah, I've been enjoying myself. But anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Maybe I shouldn't smoke weed. That's what I was talking about. Robin Leonard. There you go. Uh, yeah, dude. Whew. What a blow to the fucking Vegas Golden Knights. But, um, I don't know, man. They got that other goalie, Thompson. Uh, Tristan Jar. I don't know what the fuck his first name is, but <clears throat> that Thomas guy. He's pretty good, man. He was pretty good. He actually held in there. He played quite well last season for the Vegas Golden Knights. The only problem is he's never played like a full season as a starter. So, yeah, the fact that they're losing Robin Leonard for a whole season is a bit of a blow regardless of how, I don't know, mediocre that Leonard's been playing lately, you know? But, um, and also, I don't know, he just doesn't seem to be all that big on Vegas. Like, he seems to be... I like Robin Leonard a lot. Uh, Just sometimes... I don't know, he shoots a shot a little too often sometimes, and I don't know, I think maybe he'll be, it'll be more important for him, like, I don't know, to do that after your career and stuff, like, more, like, be an activist for the players and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, dude, uh, it definitely changes things a little bit for Vegas this season. It's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, People are still pretty convinced that they're going to easily make it into the playoffs and even maybe be first in their division. Uh, I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to have a thing or two to say about that this year because they, I think they're going to be first without question uh, in their division. It's not that strong of a division, but I think, yeah, Edmonton's got it this year as long as Jack Campbell, the Soupy, can... uh, you know, be fine. Like a lot of, t- apparently Edmonton was like the only team willing to pay him that much, which is like a huge fucking red flag in my opinion. So again, I don't care. I just hope Jack Campbell plays well enough, you know, that people don't just 
be mean to one. Just be nice to Soupy. And I hope he gets the soup chance in Edmonton because fuck yeah. But, you know, now it's down to uh, Thompson and I think, uh, I don't know who their other backup goalie is, but regardless, it's a pretty significant downgrade. It would have been a lot better if it was going to be Leonard and Thompson because then you would have a better sense. But who knows, man? Thompson can just take the reins and just go with it. He can literally just turn it the fuck on this season and just watch him go. We'll have to just wait and see. So that's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch Vegas for sure this season. There's a lot of eyes on them. There's a lot of expectation on them this season. They're still, I think, in and around. I think they just don't have any salary cap, or they're, they're very, very tight to it. But I think they're okay. But they're, I think there's still more things to come out of Vegas. I don't think they're done yet. Um, so, yeah, him going down, that's going to be interesting to see. But uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Thompson guy. I hope he can just break out and have a really solid season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Because I think it would be cool if Vegas still makes it. But I think I don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone thinks it is. And I don't think it's going to be – I definitely don't think they're going to be getting first place. But who knows? Thompson could just destroy. And then the saddest part, the saddest news coming out of this week is the young Oilers superfan Ben Stelter passed away uh this week or i guess it was last week but um yeah the poor kid was battling brain cancer for the last little while and he would always be at the edmonton oiler games he's just adorable fucking little kid and all the oilers fans especially mcdavid like mcdavid and that and and ben that would be like the most like emotional like you know the more not white plain bread McDavid that you usually see he's just kind of like out of it but like he really was a fan of Ben man and that whole team was so again I think now you know with the sad passing of him I think they're gonna rally big time this season for him and try and do everything they can to try and bring a cup back to Canada bring a cup to Edmonton and try and get McDavid and dry sidle that cup because like dude if those guys go without cups I think that'd be just just a, uh, a tragedy to hockey like it almost happened to Ovechkin but he got his now thank thank the lord so uh, we don't have to worry about that one anymore because it would have been so sad to see Ovechkin not get a cup because the guy's so damn passionate but um damn Ben I mean fucking so sad to see you go man like it was really nice when I every time I'd see that when I saw him I was like oh man there's that fucking little kid but uh so sad to hear him pass man that's just sad uh, but let's move into some World Juniors talk. Um, there's been a couple Leaf prospects playing for Finland that have been kind kind of um, catching some eyes, especially in the Toronto Maple Leafs media and I imagine fans. We don't know because there's no Steve Dangle podcast, so you guess guess you're just gonna have to listen from from me, and you're gonna learn from me what I think about these uh, two Finnish prospects that the Toronto Maple Leafs have in their system. So let's talk about these two guys because uh, they've been playing really well at the World Juniors. Uh, so far, and one of them's the freaking captain, so that's pretty goddamn cute. So Leafs forward prospect Roni Hervinen, Hervinen, second round pick in 2020, and he is the captain of Finland in the World Juniors. He's looking great so far, man. In this tournament, in four games, he's got six points, two goals, four assists, and I believe he leads his team. And he's almost, I think he's top five in scoring in the tournament so far. We'll take a look at the stats. We'll deep dive more into the stats a little bit later. But uh, yeah, man, this guy. Who knows? Like, who knows? There's still a whole offseason. If this guy keeps shining the way he does, maybe Finland, uh, who knows, gets a big upset. I know they did already lose to Canada, but um, 
if they can score a bigger upset in the round, in the in the medal rounds, who knows? Like, and especially if uh, this young man, Mr. Roni, I love that his name is Roni because I love pepperoni, and I always call it Roni. So this is my Roni man. So I hope this guy can crack the team. I don't know if it'll be this year, but maybe next year. But uh, who knows? This guy could really, really pop off. And so far, so good. He's looking like these are the kind of guys we need to start popping off for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Those second, third round picks that we made a couple years ago. And, you know, it's looking good so far with this Roni guy. Like, six points in four games. I know he's not playing against men and stuff, but he's playing against some pretty good talent. But, uh, yeah, there's another guy later we'll talk about who's been lighting it the fuck up. I couldn't believe how many points he already had, but, I mean, the the one game he had, like, six points. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, the other guy that the Toronto Maple Leafs have is uh, Topi Niemela, also playing for Team Finland. He's a defensive prospect. Uh, in four games, he has four assists. He's also looking pretty well. So I'm not, I don't know. I haven't watched Team Finland because I sadly missed that fucking Team Canada game that I actually wanted to watch. I was quite interested in uh, checking that one out, but I didn't get to see him very closely on these uh, two Finnish players. But I'm hoping I can catch a, a, another Finland game. Uh, to, or I guess today, Wednesday, because there is a there's there's games that I'm off today, Wednesday, so I can hopefully check out some games. But uh, there's definitely a lot of wrestling that I got to catch up on today, so uh, I'll be doing that too. So it might be a busy day for me. Uh, juniors, so yeah, he's looking good, man, and he's a third round pick in the 2020. So looking for a couple guys out of that 2020 draft, a couple fins. I remember drafting fins heavy that year. I don't remember like their names and stuff, but you know, Steve Dangle does his little deep dive into the prospect pool. And I know I've been hearing these two names and it's starting to look like maybe they're starting to blossom into something here. So keep an eye out for Mr. Roni Hervinen and Topi Niemela because they may be on the team on the team sooner rather than later. Now, I don't think they're going to be cracking the lineup this year because in another section we're going to be talking about it a little bit after this. Um, the Leafs are doing pretty decently on depth, but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Team Canada. Jesus, they're looking great so far. Dominating wins. Um, they had an 11-1 to 1 loss. I'll just pull up uh, the the era, the era, what do you call it, this, this, the World Junior stuff. But yeah, man, they trounced one team. I think it was Slovakia. I don't know. Hold on. Let me just do this right. So they beat Latvia 5-2. to two. Not a big deal. I didn't think they were going to lose that one. They, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They beat Slo- Slovakia 11-1. to one. So I want to go into that one, take a look at the game center, take a look at some of the stats because uh, there's some pretty cool stats in this one for Team Canada. And if you know, you know what already happened. But uh, there's one guy that kind of popped off in this game. Uh, one guy that did pop off forward, Joshua Waugh. Uh, he had a goal and three assists. Connor Bedard had a goal and an assist. But this dude, Mason McTavish, goodness gracious. He had a game and a half. He had four goals, two assists, six points. Goodness gracious. He was a plus seven in 17 minutes. Wow, Mason McTavish, I think he's the Anaheim Ducks prospect, if I'm not mistaken. I think he played a little bit last year, and he looked pretty good. And, dude, he is tearing it up. Like, Bedard who? Like, look at this McTavish guy go. Oh, my goodness, he is destroying. But uh, Bedard is doing well himself. He's not 
ain't no slouch. And there has been a handful of the Mich- Michigan style stuff going on in this tournament. I've been seeing the highlights and like, yeah, you could definitely see the Michigan is going to start becoming a, a normal thing because a, it's really quite effective if you can pull it off because it really just destroy. It really throws the team off when you try that because the defense might go and charge you, leave their guy open, and then he can get that pass open like um, Zegris did to uh, Sonny Milano, where he just tossed it out in front instead of like going for the shot. Fucking wicked! It's a huge. It's a sweet tool that players are beginning to pull off on on regularity. So it's really, really impressive to see what these young kids are able to do because it's starting to become a thing, y'all. It's starting to become a thing, like. Uh, you know, slap. Uh, what was it? Slap shots weren't a thing in the NHL, and then boom! Now everyone's fucking slap shotting, and now no one's slap shotting <laughs> because everyone's just like a oh, wristers, nice wrister, wrister. But yeah, dude, pretty much everybody picked up points here. Lucas Cormier got two points. Uh, Logan Stan Coven got two points. Good for you, ghetto. Uh, William Dufour got two assists. Brendan Othman had a goal and two assists. Three points, right on. And the goaltending uh, has been doing pretty decent so far themselves. Dylan Garand and Sebastian Casa. I've been hearing Casa's name a lot more uh, lately. Uh, because, I don't know, I just that name flashes to me. I just like his name. Sebastian Casa, what a cool name. What a cool little name. Okay, so when, uh, what else have they done after... Wow, okay. We'll, we'll look at some other teams. They also beat uh, the Czechs 5-1, to one, and then they beat the Finns 6-3. to three. So, yeah, they're doing pretty good. Uh, the Finland game was a little closer than it looked. Uh, I think Finland was actually winning that game possibly at one point, or they're looking good out of the gate. But uh, it was tighter than it looked, but I think Canada got the later edge... But, uh, yeah, man, the tournament's been pretty cool so far. Uh, You know, Finland beat Latvia 6-1. I mean, poor Latvia. They always get beat down pretty bad in these tournaments. Uh, Swedes beat Switzerland. Finns beat the Czechs 4-3. USA has been pretty good out there. They beat the Swiss 7-1. Swedes got a big win over Austria 6-0. USA beat Austria 7-0. Goodness, they just can't buy a goal out there. Those poor Austrians. Finland beat uh, Slovakia 9-3. Goodness gracious. Let's take a look at that game center. Let's see if our uh, one of our, go- our our Toronto Maple Leaf boys did pretty good in that one. Holy jumping. They got outshot so bad. Finland got 48 shots to 16 for Slovakia. Goodness gracious. <coughs> okay, excuse me. Okay, there's Topi Niemela. He got two assists in that game, right? Oh, bam, and there's our boy right after him, Roni. Fucking Roni, one goal and one assist. And then Atu Rati, that's a really cool name. Goal and two assists. Joachim Kemmel got two assists. Casper Putio got a goal and two assists. Right, damn. Uh, Yol Mata got two goals. Casper Simontalval got two goals and one assist. Fucking hell of a name you got there, kiddo. Damn. Damn, yeah, they did good. Our boys, our Toronto Maple Leafs are looking pretty good, man. Not too bad, not too shabby at all. Like I said, I don't think we're going to see them soon, but, like, keep your eye on them because we we might see these guys on the lineup, like, soon-ish. Soon-ish is fine. There was a close game between the USA and the Swedens. The the Swedens? The Swedes? Uh, USA edged them out 3-2. So it looks like the USA is undefeated. Okay, so uh, the next game... Aw, that's too bad. I may still watch it anyway. Canada is playing the uh, Switzerland today. 
So that's pretty neat. Are you guys going to be watching that one? Let's take a look at some of the kind of games we've got here today. Finland versus Germany. Sweden versus Latvia. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's the best game. Well, I mean, Finland and Germany might be okay, but that's happening at noonish. Okay, well, the Canada one's happening at a regular time, so I might be able to check a little bit of that one out. Be nice just to watch a little bit of hockey in the summertime because I haven't watched, I haven't been able to watch any of it, which kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, the bigger games, the semifinals are starting on the 19th. Excuse me, <laughs> goodness, goodness gracious, what is that? This weekend? Where are we? It's the 17th. Okay, yeah, so it looks cool, neat. Okay, cool. So there's more games incoming. So awesome. Let's take a look at some of the statistics. Let's take a look at the leaders of the of the tournament so far. So obviously, uh, Mason McTavish is going on a tear in seven games. Or, uh, wait, no, not even, it's not even seven games, dude. It's fucking four games. He has 13 points, seven goals, six assists. Goodness gracious. Now, I think he has played in the NHL a little bit so far. So, yeah, it's not too shocking that he's already kind of dominating. Uh, Joachim Kemmel on Finland in four games. He has nine points, three goals, six assists. Very nice. Another Finn. Uh, Atu Rati in four games. He has nine points, three goals, six assists as well. Very nice. Uh, Sweden, Emil Andre. He in four games has seven points. Very nice. Three goals, four assists. And then also tied with him at third, fourth, uh, Connor Bedard. There he is. He's in the top five three uh, in four games, three goals, four assists, seven points. And he's a plus eight. He's got two pims. Oh, he's feisty too. He's feisty. Other than that, uh, okay, let's just run through a couple names here. We'll run down through the top five, top ten. Uh, USA, Thomas Bordalo, four games, seven points, one goal, six assists, not bad. Matthew Coronado, USA, six points. Carter Mazur, USA. So the USA's got some guys going off right now. Six points for him as well. Greg Ridley, a Canadian, he's got six points. Brendan Othman, another Canadian, six points for him. And then I'm just going to say it because I love saying his name, Roni Hervinen. He's just outside at six points tied with uh, Mr. Brendan there. So, yeah, looking pretty good there. Let's take a look at some of the goalkeepers. Anyone looking crazy? Holy jumping. Look at this guy, the goalkeeper in Sweden. Clang Cal, two wins. He's got a 9-4-40 how do you say, what's save percentage? How do you say that normally? 944 save percentage with a one goals against, and he's got a shutout. Very nice. Uh, the USA goalkeeper, Caden Merbreco. Okay, nice. Uh, interesting, hard name to pronounce. He's rocking a 938, 1.3 goals against. Very nice. There's your Canadian, Dylan Garrand. He's rocking a 929. Very nice. But he's only played, what, one game, though? How many games have you played? I don't understand. Oh, oh, goals again. Okay, I don't know. It doesn't say how many games. Okay, three, three. He's played three. There you go. Jesus. Jesper Wallstead, the other Swede, uh, Swede goaltender. Okay, after that, it kind of falls off a cliff a little bit. I'm just going to see if there's any names that pop out to me that I've heard before. No, not really. Okay. And then team stats, let's, uh, or no, I guess let's just take a look at this. Is there standings? Okay, let's take a look at the standings because I haven't even taken a look yet. <coughs> Excuse me again, goodness gracious. So the quarters, okay, so we're going into the quarterfinals. So it'd be Finland versus Germany, Sweden, Latvia, 
Canada versus Switzerland, and then USA versus the Czechs. Cool. Wow. Whoa. That might mean that we might already have the USA versus the Canada matchup then in the semifinals. That's if they both win. You know, we're not going to count out the Swedes or the the Swiss or or the Czechs just because that's rude. You don't count them out before the games even started. So, but I will for the. I think Sweden's got it over Latvia though. I'm just going to throw that one. Throw that hot take out there for everybody to just absorb. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about that? How, uh, have you guys been watching the tournament? What do you think so far? Have you been keeping your eye on Bedard? I know he's been pretty flashy out there. He's looking pretty good. But I have to say that Mason McTavish has really been impressing me. Like he has been dummying 13 points in four games man that's insane that's insane so uh, if he is the anaheim ducks prospect i i i, I believe he is um uh, i would be pretty excited to see this guy probably entering the nhl like in a full role this year after what he's dominating this tournament tournament right now so so far so good for that young prospect very nice other than that, I don't think there's anything else I want to go on with the with the tournament right now. So let's move on to the next topic. Uh, stat leaders, we did that. So there's uh, been a few articles that have been I saw pop up on uh, TSN. Kind of caught my eye. Uh, Leafs have so they're doing their top. They're like a tier list ranking on centers, uh, center depth, defensive depth, right winging, right winger depth. And uh, so I wanted to take a look and see, you know, where the Leafs landed because I had nothing else to do. So I fucking looked at it. And the Leafs have um, their number, they're on the top tier on center depth. So yeah, I think that makes sense because the other guys that they have up there with them are the Panthers and the Oilers. So the Oilers are, I don't know, like is is Dreisaitl and like if, okay, he's supposed to be a, a center. So so yeah, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, that's pretty goddamn nice center depth. Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Kerfoot, or someone else. Still pretty damn nice. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And then uh, blah, 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 the Panthers, that's Barkov. They don't have... Do they still have Trocheck? I don't think they have Trocheck anymore. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's on Florida. We'll take. A, I'll have to go over there and take a look. Uh, the Florida Panthers. Who the fuck? Because they don't have Giroux. And let me just go take a look at the Kappa Friendly. Kappa Friendly. We'll go to the Panthers. Where are the Panthers? They're very over the cap. There are three million over the cap. Goodness. Okay. Oh, they got Matthew Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett. But who's your centers? I guess Sam Reinhardt is kind of a center. So they say Sam Bennett is listed as a center. E2 Lusterinen is listed as the center. Don't they have that Lindell kid as well? Yeah, Austin, Austin, Anton Lindell. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe. I don't know if I would agree with that A, the highest tier anymore with the Panthers. If they still had Trocek, then yeah, maybe. But I don't know, man. That one might be a little bit of a stretch in my opinion. I mean, Barkov's really good, but they don't have a 1-2 wham-wham like Matthews, Tavares, or um, McDavid. Drysidle plus Nuge, like damn, theirs is really nice. Like Nuge as a third line center is fucking disgusting. He's really underrated, man. Like I know he's, you know, he didn't fully live up to that number one overall pick, but he's still a really good player, man. Like yeah, he's not fucking McDavid or, or Matthews and stuff putting up a hundred points, but he's a solid, very consistent, all around good player. So you know, you could have worse first overall picks, Edmonton. Oh, you did nail Yakupov. Shut up, then. There you go. 
Um, so yeah, I also took a look at the, um, the, 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 what do you call it? The, the defensive depth. Jesus, how many? Whoa, just starting up the engine there. Jesus, Murphy. Uh, the Leafs also have a tier two defensive depth. So I can agree with that because it, you know, I know people still stink on our defense because it's not tough enough and yada, yada, yada. But me as being a Leaf fan for the last, uh, tw about almost, what, 20 years? Uh, this is the best defensive core I've ever seen put together for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know it's not saying much, but, like, honestly, it's a pretty decent defensive core, man. Like, it's pretty good. Now, I don't know if that's what it's going to be uh, on on uh, the starting of the season because, A, well, we don't have Sandine signed yet still. But um, as it is on paper right now, you got Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody, Justin Hall, Timothy Lilligren, Mark Giordano, Rasmus Sandine, still unsigned. But still, dude, that is not a bad, you know, you got Morgan Riley. He should be paired up with TJ Brody. Then you're going to have... Muzzin and Hall, just, you know, just, just saying right now. I don't know if Justin Hall's staying or not. Or Muzzin, who knows? I don't know who's moving, but someone's got to go because we're over the cap. And you still have Sandine that needs to be signed. And we need him to play. And please don't trade him. Uh, and then it should be Lilligren and Mark Giordano because that was a great pairing last season. So I think they should go with that again. And I think you just cut out Justin Hall, sign it, or get another depth defenseman that's cheaper than him, and almost as reliable and then you have sandine and muzzin go together or or you just scratch hall and let sandine play with muzz for a little bit until muzzin gets inevitably hurt i don't know but yeah no seriously that is a solid defensive core uh, really, really good. I think, um, you know, even with the subtractions of Labushkin, I know people liked him, but honestly, I did not like him being paired with Morgan Riley. I don't know why they broke him up uh, with TJ Brody. That was money. That was magic. That's why we got TJ Brody to be Morgan's fucking guy and to put Labushkin up there. Like he's good. I just think his I think his role in the lineup was wrong. And there's no way he's playing top two minutes with Morgan Riley. He should have been down top six role in front of the net kind of guy but yeah i think they used him a little too much and yeah he got exposed a few times there last season but overall he was fine but he's gone and i don't think it's that big of a loss because i just think he wanted too much money for and i just don't think the, the him with morgan it was it was better i think people looked at it with like you know maybe longtime fans because morgan's been paired with a lot of like oh come on seriously dude when are we gonna get this guy a real partner and that real partner is right there waiting tj brody he's a Beautiful, fantastic defenseman. So good at breaking up uh, odd man rushes, which there are many, many, many of those because of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's their thing. That's our bread and butter. Give the team as many odd man rushes as you want. And fucking TJ Brody's really good at breaking those up, honestly. Like, he is really, really good. That is his bread and butter is breaking up fucking odd man rushes. He's very, very good at it. And that allows Morgan to do his thing because Morgan is more of, of an... He likes to get up there. Like, when he gets up there, that's more of his thing. He likes to get up and involved. But if he has a defenseman beside him that he can't rely on, like, you know, Ron Hainsey just didn't have the wit, the speed anymore to really bail him out as, not, as much as he wanted. And, like, you know, TJ Brody still got it. So give him TJ Brody, please, and spank you. Okay, let's see. What else do I need to talk about? Okay. Um, Panthers, okay. So they said that they have the second-tier defensive depth. I think I'm good with that. I think that's pretty fair. If they were up there in elite, I'd say you're banana. Because the big problem with the Leafs' defense overall is, like, 
the big question is is like is Morgan Riley that top two defenseman and I'm gonna lean on the side and just say not really I think he's a really 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 good top four defenseman on a Stanley Cup winning team very good but he can he can be a top two defenseman and it's fine it's fine there, there's just there aren't a whole lot of top two defensemen out there. So not a lot of teams have that. So it's not a big deal. I think we have one of the best options you can have as as a defenseman who isn't quite, you know, in my book. That's just me, man. I know a lot of people might stink on that. But, you know, if you look at it, he's just a really sound defenseman. But he's not like, is he? He's not elite defensively. He's not elite offensively except for that one year. If he did that more consistently, then yeah, he'd be totally elite offensively. He may be elite. He's a very good breakout passer. He doesn't really have a shot though. That's that kind of d- doesn't make him that elite. Like he can't really get through the lanes very well. He doesn't have a big shot. Not a very big powerful shot. Um, great passer though. He loves. He has good great speed. You know, solid defensively. But he doesn't have that size, you know. He doesn't quite have that size to be that dominating top two defenseman that can eat, you know, 30 minutes a night, no problem, like a Victor Hedman or a Roman Yossi. Like, those guys are big, strong, you know. Morgan, I'm not saying Morgan's weak. He holds his own for his size. That's why, like, I think Sandine is kind of similar to Morgan Riley. I can't see – I can see Sandine kind of – you know, being another Morgan Riley type, but you know, I haven't, we haven't been able to see him play a full season yet. So we'll have to wait and see. But as it is right now, I think Sandine's more like Morgan Riley. Like he's not big, but he can be physical and he's fast and he likes to get up in the play. He likes to get involved up in there and he's smart. And uh, yeah, man, he's just very good. I just want to, I just want to see some more Sandine. I just want to see this guy get some top four minutes uh, consistently this season. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Lilligren up there in the top four, but I just don't know if he's going to, we'll have to see, man. Like we didn't get a really big sample size of him and Geo together. So if we get a, we're going to get a better look at that this year. So, you know, like we, we were all about Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall and then they had one season. It was really good. And then the next season it was like, what the fuck happened? What the hell? Why are they so, they were both bad, man. They were both bad. And Muzzin, yes, was hurt, but Justin Hall was just kind of bad, just kind of bad. And, uh, I'm over him. Honestly, if they get rid of him, I'm not going to be upset about it. It, It was, it was what it was. He had his thing and he can go now. But uh, I think, I don't know, man, Keith and Dubis, they both really, really like him. So I don't know who's going, man. They got to do something, though. There's got to be something done. Uh, we'll look a little bit more into their salary cap right in uh, just a second. I just wanted to also say uh, the other two teams that were in the top tier defensively were the the Calgary Flames. I think, I think fuck yeah. We'll take a look at Calgary Flames defense in just a second. Uh, the a- Avalanche. Um, yeah, 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 their D is pretty fucking good. I mean, Kale McCarr is fucking insane. And yeah, they got, no, that's fair. That's totally fair. They do have a really good defense. And the Predators, I think that's fair to say. They're always sound defensively. They may not have the name recognition over there right now, but their defense is very sound. So I think I'm cool with that. I think I'm cool with that because they still got Ellis. No, wait, wait, nope. They got rid of Ellis. They have Ekholm, who's really good. They have Yossi, who is fucking disgusting i think that just pushed him over the top regardless because yossi's so disgusting okay i'll go over and we'll take a quick look at that um how does that flames defense look right now on paper i haven't actually taken a look okay where are you there calgary there you are the flames let's have a look at that d oh baby noah hannafin 
Rasmus Anderson, Christopher Tanev, Nikita Zadorov. Oh my god, they got Zadorov too. Mackenzie Weger. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. They definitely have one of the best defenses. The problem is they don't do they really have like that that number two defenseman though? Can you tell me that, Calgary? Do you guys think you have a top two defenseman there? I see a lot of like kind of like all top four defensemen. Like in, in NHL you would have like like that'd be a really that's a that's an NHL that's a Stanley Cup winning kind of defense. Like it would yeah, it'd be really nice to have that top two. But what what would you rather have? Would you rather have one top two, a top four, a top four, a top six, top six, and like a depth? Or would you rather have all top four defensemen? Because that's what I'm looking at Calgary at here. That's what I'm seeing. Like Rasmus Anderson could absolutely take another leap. And uh, Christopher Tanev's just very, very sound. But, you know, I think he has kind of hit his peak as a really, really good top four defenseman. Nikita Zadorov, uh, I don't know. He's in and, in and about. And then there's Mackenzie Weger, who is arguably maybe he is a top two. I don't know. I didn't really get to see him very, very much. I know Ekblad's probably would be a top two defenseman. Uh, but maybe, maybe Mackenzie Weger could very well blossom into that top two defenseman for you guys. So, And then on top of that, I got Iliver, uh, Shillington, and UC Volomaki, and those are both two really solid defensemen. Shillington especially had a really nice kind of a breakout season for Calgary, so that was nice. Yeah, dude, that is a really nice-looking defense especially adding Mackenzie Weger into that. That's just, damn, that's nice. That's a really good-looking defense uh, core there, Calgary. Well done. And then on top of that, you got um, Markstrom and Ned, and then I think Dan Vildar is a very good goaltender, man. Um, I could see this guy, like, totally being a starter on another team, but, I mean, it's Jacob frickin' Markstrom. But you never know, man. Like, if Mark... if fucking Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch have a bad time in the playoffs again. Like, he didn't play that great, Markstrom, in the playoffs this season. Um, and who knows? Maybe they give Dan Vladar, maybe he's still, like, it'd be bad because, I mean, Markstrom still signed for four more years at $6 million per. But I don't think, I don't think they would have much of a problem moving him. Just saying, like, in theory, I know people, I think, I think Markstrom's a great goalie. I'm just theorizing here. Just take it easy. Not saying get rid of Markstrom for Vladar. I'm just saying, just watch out, man. Watch out because, like, uh, Tuka Rass said that this guy is legitimate, and you know, you know that just might be. But they think he Tuka Rass thinks that Calgary got a steal getting this guy from out of Boston. So, so uh, Dan Vildar, just keep an eye on this guy. He might break out, and uh, who knows? You guys might have one of the best tandems in net here as well going forward. I know he played really, really well last season. I, I had him floating in my fantasy team all last season because like man he was just like he, the problem is he just didn't play enough he didn't play a whole lot i think markstrom i think that was a that ended up being kind of calgary's downfalls like overplaying markstrom and maybe this year they give land uh i keep wanting to call him fucking vlaniel vlaniel vladar no his name is dan vladar give land uh i just did it again what the fuck Give Ladar more starts this season, Calgary, please. I think he's a very, very solid goaltender. He may even be starter quality that you got there. It's just that Markstrom is, you know, borderline elite, right? Like, elite. Uh, I'd say elite because, damn, he had such a fucking good season last year. It was just that playoff really just knocked the whole season down and left a bad taste in our mouths. But it is what it is. Markstrom is fucking sick. Yeah, good job, Calgary. Very nice. Um, very nice. Very nice defensive core. Very nice. I'd say... Uh, Better than the Toronto Maple Leafs? Mm, let me, hold on. Hold on now. Let me take a look. Hold up. Wait a minute. Because, I mean, Marky, Marky Giordano, Marky, our own Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Uh, I mean, Mark Giordano is arguably still a top four defenseman. 
Lilligren, I'd say top six at best. Sandine, if I think he's borderline top four, man. I'd say he's like that. He's like right on the edge. He just needs that little growth in the offseason to bump him up to that top four. Justin Hall, like borderline depth, seventh defenseman right now. Don't even with me. Yes, he is good on the penalty kill, but the rest is fucking cringy to watch sometimes, man. Like his decision making is just like, where are you? Where's your brain at, kid? Like, what the hell is that? Uh, TJ Brody, I'd say top four. Jake Muzzin, top four. And Morgan Riley, a very, very good top four. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Calgary just a little bit, okay? Just because of, of Lilligren and the question mark on Sandine. So, you guys have a little bit better defense overall. But we got Arthur Matthews. We got Arthur. So, don't even with me right now. Don't even let me. Don't even make me go talk about our forwards right now. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I haven't looked at them on paper yet, so let's take a little quick peek at them right now on paper because in a couple weeks, I think it's a couple weeks, when I go on my vacation, I'm going to pre-record um, podcasts for everybody so you guys are still going to get your podcast. Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to hook you up. And I believe that podcast, when I'm on vacation, I'm going to make it my early season predictions and or my season, um, what do you call them? The... Uh, preview 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 all the teams take a look at uh the teams like the i'd probably do it in like i don't know i might drop like more podcasts that week because i'm i I don't think i'll be able to upload stuff on youtube so i might just do more podcasts um i'll see i'm still working on it i'm building up my my cache right as we speak so don't worry about it uh what was i talking about i know the toronto maple leafs the team yes uh yeah, okay, well, we're going to look at the team. Um, okay, well, honestly, I thought they needed more forwards, but by the look of it, I think they're doing, they're okay. I kind of forgot, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot that Wayne Simmons, I kind of thought he was done, but no, he's still here, so that's fine. That's okay, I'm not mad about that. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's just that, you know, he didn't have a very good playoff at all. He got kind of just benched after his game one disaster. But anyway, obviously, we're starting out with Othamalu. He's going to be winged by Mitchell Marner. And then, who fucking knows, man? Like, I'm not going to speculate, but, like, could very well be Yarn Croak. Uh, I think it's up to, like, in training camp, man. I think it's going to all come down to training camp. Maybe Robertson really, really impresses and steals a top six slot. Who knows? But uh, all we know for a fact is that it's going to be Osti and, and Mitchell back together. I think we have all agreed and made that solidified that those two need to be together because, I mean... Marner fucking dishes it to Matthews, and Matthews puts it in the net better than that combo. Just mm -mm -mm, too good. Too good to break up. So I did like it with John. It was really good, Mitchell and and John, because that first year, John almost got 50 goals in his first season because he was winged by the boy, the guy, the guy, Mana. So, um, but... I mean, Austin hit 60 with Marner. So, yeah, I think that one's a little bit better. Uh, It just goes to show, man, Mitchell Marner is one of the best, if not the best, playmaker in the game right now. He's uh, very fucking good. Got John Tavares. And on top of that, I'm just going to say, you know, Matthews has two more years. Yes, I am aware. And uh, I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it. If he leaves, he leaves. If he stays, he stays. It's okay. Uh, John Tavares still has three years. No movement clause on that. Still $11 million. Not a big deal. I'm not worried about it. Like, I think people are too hard on John. Uh, like, you have to realize that, like, his role is going down and Austin's is going up. 
um, you know, yeah, he's probably not going, he may very well still be able to hit point a game this season very well. I know he works very, very hard in the off season and he's very aware of his, of his shortcomings and what he's not good at, AKA his skating. So, uh, he's already learning and we may very well see him move to the wing this season, but I highly doubt it. I don't think that's going to be a regular season dingy. Like they may tease it. They may play with it a little bit during the season. I think that's going to more come down to a playoff situation. If they know they're outmatched speed-wise, center-wise, they may have to make a move there, like move John off to the wing. But I think in a full and just the regular season, I think John's still going to hold that center, that second-line center position because he's fucking good. He's a fantastic center, man. He's still very, very good. It's just some teams are able to expose his speed limitations, but that's more or less in like a, a long playoff series, not game to game to game on against different teams and shit. So I'm not too worried about that. William Nylander still got him for two more years. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot. So this is the guy that I'm thinking maybe gets dealt and we can probably sign cheaper guys. There's still like a lot of names left in the free agency. We just, you know, no one can really fucking afford them that want them right now. So yeah, not a lot of big signings. Like my boy Fulgetto still out there. Calvin DeHaan, like, oh, I would love him to, if we can ditch Justin Hall and then replace him with Calvin DeHaan, that would be fucking dope. That'd be sick. But then like, you know, where's, I just want Sandine to get into that role, but like, uh, we need someone good on depth because I don't believe that Muzzin's going to play a full season ever again for us, healthy. Um, so I think we're going to need a decent depth defenseman add still, or at least have one, someone good there. But I think Sandine and or Lilligren are too good to be depth defensemen on this team right now, or it would just be a total waste because, like, dude, we have to fucking use these guys or they're just not going to get anywhere. And I think they showed last year that they're ready to at least, you know, be consistent NHL defensemen. Just needing to stay healthy, goddammit. Okay, and then they have uh, Pierre Engvall. He's good. I like Pierre Engvall. That should be our th third line center, I'd be thinking. I'd be thinking. Now, the thing with Cali Yonker, he's fucking listed as a left center and a right wing. So I have no idea what he's going to be doing. Uh, I think their their third line center role is up for grabs between fucking Yarncroak, Engvall, or Kerfoot. But I think Kerfoot's going to be in a top six role. But again, dude, I'm just rooting for Robertson. I hope this guy can just crack the top six this year and just really fucking explode onto the scene. I'm hoping for it. Please, please, please. Then you got David Camp. Oh, yeah, baby. Love that. Uh, he's a very, I think he's a very solid fourth line center for us. Abe Kubel. Uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel, our newest addition to the team, he's listed as a right winger, more than likely going to be playing fourth line right winger, but he very well may be playing. He's going to be in that bottom six anyway. Michael Bunting, oh my god, how did I forget about Michael Bunting? Well, he, that's only because he's all the way down here. Uh, he should be still in the top line uh, as long as everything still goes well. I think he should still earn that top line spot out of the gate. But uh, I think it's still not exactly 100% his. It's, it's, it's still, you know, he's not saying he's on thin ice, but he had a very, very impressive season. But if he if he starts to drop off, I think they, they will not hesitate to move him down the lineup. But yeah, we still have Michael Bunting for one year at a very, very nice contract at $950,000. have no idea how much this guy is going to be wanting to get paid. If he puts up another, like, 60-point season, something similar, if he even improves on that somehow, <gasps> we're in trouble. We're going to lose him, man, because there's no way we're going to be able to afford that. But just have to wait and see. I mean, I would rather have a really good one more season of bunting and lose him and win a cup. Uh, but uh, anyway, 
Uh, Wayne Simmons is still here. Now, I don't know if this guy should be on the team on a on a regular basis anymore. Uh, maybe just throw him in there every odd game if the team seems to be lacking energy, maybe. Get Wayne in there. Get the Wayne train in there. And then maybe against those tougher teams where maybe they're going to be trying to push us around a little bit. Make sure you get a little Wayne train in there and just tell him to shut the fuck up and beat him up because you're Wayne Simmons and you're amazing. I love you. Love you so much, Wayne. I'm happy you're still here. I just thought I thought his contract was up. I, I didn't realize that we signed him to two years, but no, it's totally fine. Uh, I just, it, regardless, just great to have him around because he's such a great energy guy, such a great guy to have around the locker room. So, and then Kyle Clifford's still here. Uh, very well, could be. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if this guy's gonna crack the lineup or not. He's signed to a league minimum, so again, he could be in the same kind of similar role as Wayne Simmons. Get him in there every now and again, low energy, bring it in, bring in some energy, maybe fight a person or two every now and again. Now, Joey Anderson, I liked, I like Joey Anderson. I think he could, he could very well be in this lineup this year. And then Adam Gaudet, or another of the new additions, he's listed as a center right wing, and Joey Anderson is a right winger. Um, hoping that Adam Gaudet can make the team. Now this is where it gets a little like kind of the kind of got to just kind of got to kind of just got to wait for training camp. You fucking idiot! Goodness gracious! Um, got it out. It's okay. I got it out. Kind of gonna have to just wait for a training camp to kick off. And again, it's still you know the Leafs definitely still have some work to do here. So people are gonna get subtracted. People may get added and subtracted. So. I'm just going to record what I record, and if it gets outdated, it gets out outdated. I'm going to hold it off recording it as long as I can, but if it goes out and fucking they sign, goddamn, I don't know, they make a trade and Marc-Andre Fleury's on the team, and I say, oh, fuck, yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, but fucking Matt Murray's going to be amazing, but he's gone for some reason. Anyway, just be easy on me, okay? Cool. I mean, no one's being mean to me anyway, but, you know, you guys have been great so far. And then, of course, the goalie situation. We got Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Matt Murray's got two more years left. Ugh. Uh, I don't know what RSMNTC means fully, but I know it, ne- it means uh, modified no trade clause. I don't, or restricted movement? I don't know. Uh, can't move him, really. So, yeah. Uh, he's 28 years old. $4.687.5 million. It's just so much. I wish it was like, if it was just $1 million less, it'd be great. But, uh, yeah, couldn't quite get it done. But, again, I talked about Matt Murray before. You can go back and listen to the Matt Murray episodes called Matt Murray is a Leaf. I think it was episode two or three. Fucking shit got real really quick on this podcast. I didn't think it was going to get that. I thought I was going to enter it really quietly. But it was actually a pretty eventful first few episodes, especially being able to cover probably the biggest trade in NHL history over the last, like, ten years with the Huberto uh, Matty Kachuk trade because that was massive. Mm. Mm. Good gracious, getting absolutely parched over here. Good gracious. Okay, <clears throat> let's talk about the goalies. So you know how I feel about Matt Murray. I feel like it's going to be fine. I think people are over or underestimate or just underestimating Matt Murray and how decent he actually was last season. It's just the fact that he got hurt. He got hurt and had two bad games right before he got hurt. So prior to that, he was doing quite quite solidly. He just didn't have a big. Uh, sample size but I think he can get it back on track hopefully in Toronto I mean we held Jack Campbell fucking find the promised land we got him into the five million dollar range thank you very much thanks for coming how are you but I think maybe if we can goalie whisper Matt Murray 
And again, it made me so much. It made it so much better that we got Ilya Samsonov because if it was Matt Murray Shalgren, I'd be fucking terrified. Because Shalgren was fine, but like, dude, I don't know if this guy. I think he'd be like a depth goalie. He's a, he'd be a fine like if, he, if if one of these two go down, say Matt Murray goes down and Ilya Samsonov, and then it's Shalgren. I'll feel better about that instead of like Shalgren being our main guy which we had to do a little bit last year which was good at one point when he got the shutout which was sick but then you could you could see it quickly tapering off because like yeah it'll be a little hard for teams to get a gauge on a new goalie that they haven't seen before but um yeah there'll probably be a book written on him pretty quickly and it looked like teams were starting to figure him out a little bit and yeah he didn't get in a whole lot of games so I just wanted to wouldn't want to do that. Wouldn't wouldn't be comfortable if it was Matt Murray and Shalgren. So I feel good about Samsonov. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest season over in freaking, um, what do you call it? Uh, Detroit. No, not Detroit. Um, freaking goddamn Washington. Holy moly. I um, just want to look at if, uh, if there's stats that I can look at on this man, please. Hi, baby. There's his states. Oh my goodness, how do I read this? This is so confusing. Oh my goodness, his stats go so far back. So last year with Washington, 44 games. Oof, he was a 3.2 goals against. And uh, 896 save percentage. So yeah, that's not too great, not too great. Five playoff games, he did play better though with a nine or a 2.97 goal, or goals against. And then a 912 save percentage. So better. Uh, I, I'll hope we'll, we'll find something in the middle there. I hope he he isn't going to be bad as an 896. If we can get him somewhere like 907 to a 912, that'll be fine. It'll be fine for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll be able to outscore a lot of these problems. And if we can just shore up defensively, I think little, little by little over the last few years, they've been shoring that up, tightening up that defense a little bit more, starting to dedicate more team-wise to being a defensive-minded team. And like, dude... If you guys didn't get that message out of Tampa in that series this year, like, the way they were blocking shots was fucking, A, the most frustrating thing I've ever watched as a Leaf fan, because, wow. But if, if they didn't, if they haven't gone through the summer watching the way that Tampa played and how, how they win games is by, like, they sacrifice everything. They give it all every single game. They don't take any games off, and the Toronto, Meafs, Toronto Maple Leafs are extremely guilty of taking games off. I watched them. They take a ton of games off. I was at one of their biggest nights off ever live when I went to see them play the fucking New York Islanders, the first time that the Islanders come to see John Tavares in, in blue and white, and they fucking got their asses kicked. I think it was 6 nothing or 5 nothing. And I remember at that game, I yelled at Robin Leonard, who was an Islander at that time, who wasn't playing good up until he got became an Islander, and I yelled at him that night. He was right there, and he 1,000% heard me, because there's no way he didn't. And I yelled at him, I was like... Hey, Leonard, you need to play good tonight or you're going back to Buffalo. And he totally shut us out and Barzell scored a hat trick. And my buddy and I, or I guess both of my buddies, all of us, we got hammered and just fucking roamed downtown Toronto and had a great fucking time because, wow, that was the biggest fucking waste of $400 I ever spent was to go to that Toronto Maple Leafs game and watch them lay one of the biggest fucking eggs in Toronto Maple Leafs history and one of the biggest disgraces to John Tavares I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, I've seen them take a night off live and it is a disgrace that they still do that at this level, at the NHL level. There are no, no nights off at the NHL level. How dare you? So hopefully, little by little, this team is maturing. This team is is growing together. 
Matthews and Marner are getting older. They're starting to get it more and more each season. You see them developing those other sides of the game that are more that are just as important as the offense, you know, the defense, the 200-foot game. And, I mean, Marner is really good, man. He's one of our best guys on the penalty kill, and he has been for a couple years now. Now, maybe, I don't know if Matthews can get in there. I think it would be pretty nice if you can get a Matthews or someone in there for a penalty kill because I think Matthews could very well be in there like can you imagine having to deal with a like Austin Matthews and Marner on the regular but also on the penalty kill as a tandem like can you imagine Austin Matthews and Marner as a penalty kill unit that'd be dangerous like it's dangerous enough with with Marner usually at the top like he's covering the defensive and he can poke that away and he's gone and like oh yeah it wouldn't be bad I, I wouldn't mind them excuse me experimenting with that every now and again because Matthews is really young I think you can use that engine a little bit more and give him a little bit more ice time because like look at fucking Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl they're playing like 4,000 minutes a night over there like they're never not on the ice they use them all the time their minutes per game is way up there like way way up there because they're fucking good and they use them over in Edmonton and I think Marner and and Matthews are really good and I think Keith should use them a little bit more often but uh, that's just me. That's just me. I'm not an NHL coach, but that's just me. Anyway, and there's also one guy that they did sign. Uh, they signed him to a PTO. Uh, let's see if I can get his name here. Oh, wow. There's Whoa. Where did all these guys come from? Oh, okay. There he is. Dylan Ferguson. He's a goaltender. He signed a PTO. Okay. I didn't know this was down here. So there are some names down here, like I said. Uh, these are some non-roster players. Uh, which ones do I think could very well make it? I mean, Dennis Malgin, uh, he had a pretty good season over there overseas. He's been stuck over there for a little bit. He very well could make the lineup. Uh, I doubt SDA makes it. Uh, Nick Robertson, man, I'm really cheering for this guy. I really hope he can make it. Um, other names, uh, Nick Abrazizi, he might be able to make it. Where's fucking, fucking, um, the guy that's playing for... USA right now. Um, Matthew Boldy. No, not Matthew Boldy. What the hell are you talking about? Matthew Nice. I don't see his name here. He could very well make the Toronto Maple Leafs as well, man. Like, who knows? He's doing pretty well over there for uh, the US team. Not amazing, but he's doing fine. Uh, yeah, I don't see too many names in the defense. Mm. I mean, Victor Mette is down there, and we also signed Jordy Ben. So there's your couple of defensive defense, or, uh, depth defenseman Victor Mete is not bad and he's still pretty young man he's only 24 years old so who knows and then some goaltending depth we do have Eric Schalgren like I said and Joseph Wall and then they do have Hildeby down there so I'm hoping we get to see Hildeby in some more games I hope he can really like pop off and do his thing down there uh, he's only 20 years old Wall is now 24 and Schalgren's 25 so yeah I don't know how much track um, Schalgren has left but he didn't he wasn't bad though last season like that shutout game was really good but it did taper off there he was starting to taper off but then like uh, everybody came back so it was okay we didn't have to we didn't have to worry about it too too much but yeah, man, what do you guys think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to do? Who do you think they're going to trade? Do you think there's going to be a trade? Like, I feel like there has to be a trade because we still have to sign Sandine and they're still technically over the cap by about almost $2 million. So something's got to get done. Um, I think they're actually, like, if anything, well, now that I look that they have more uh, defensive depth with Jordy Ben and Victor Mete, they might be okay even if they move Justin Hall and then 
Sandine slides into that spot. I think they'd be okay if, like, a Muzzin goes down and then, you know, a Victor Mete slides in to a bottom six or top six or a Jordy Ben. You know, swap between one of those two, one of those two, see who works out better. So that could be okay. So maybe we look at, like, I don't know, man. It all comes down if one of those, our young guys, Matthew Nyes, Robertson, one of those, um, Nick Aberzizi, if one of those guys break out in training camp, show off some really impressive stuff, and then in preseason do some really big things, they could very easily crack the lineup this season. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see. But uh, I think I'm going to call it here for an episode. That's about all the stuff that I have today. Um, these episodes will be longer once the season starts to kick off, obviously, and we have more news and stuff to talk about. But regardless, you guys got about an hour and 10, 15-ish minutes out of me, so that's pretty decent. You got a nice, ridiculous hospital story at the beginning, so that's pretty neat, eh? But honestly, what do you guys think about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs? What do you think they should do? Uh, what do you think they're going to do? Like, there's definitely got to be a trade there. Who do you think they should trade? Me, personally, I don't know, man. Now that I'm thinking about it, we may actually need Kerfoot more than... Like, I think the answer is just get Justin Hall out of here resign Sandine, and then that should be enough and then see if you can find a a decent uh cheap signing for a forward in the in the free agency because you know there's a lot of fish out there you might be able to find one that'll sign for fairly cheap to try and play for a contending team because yeah believe it or not we are still kind of in that contending side of of the nhl right now we're we're in it man we're in the mix we're we're, we're around there but uh yeah with a whole new switch of a goaltending tandem that's kind of like it's risky it's very risky so um yeah i don't know man i still believe there's 100% going to be a move that's why i'm holding off on recording my predictions for the season and uh because i think the toronto maple leafs got to have a move coming here i just want to see what they're going to do who who's leaving and what's going to come in because that's that could be the making or breaking point for well i don't think anything is going to a small move like like ditching a Justin Hall I don't think would break the Toronto Maple Leafs. It just wouldn't. But uh, moving out Jake Muzzin, though, that very bit may. But again, like I said, my argument is that the Leafs have played a lot of games without Muzzin lately the last couple seasons, and they've done fine. So the only time we miss him is in the playoffs. That's where he's the most effective because he's a playoff fucking defenseman, man. He knows how to play playoff hockey as a defenseman, and that's where we lack is like having that playoff defenseman that you know who plays that way and like Morgan Riley he tries but you know he's only one man and I think Giordano will be a good addition we'll just have to wait and see man but let you but I want to hear from you guys you tell me what you guys think if you want to leave us a question go down and uh, go to the links down below you can check out twitter if you have any questions for the podcast you can message me there there's an email down there you can email us or you can go over to my youtube channel and you can leave comments on my disco elysium let's play that i'm doing right now i'm having a great fucking time playing it if you don't know what disco elysium is it is a thriller mystery game it's very fucking cool a very cool story one of my favorite games of all time and uh yeah you should go over there and check that out a little bit because it's really cool and i finished my resident evil 7 let's play over there so that one's over there all done for you and there's a whole bunch of other let's plays i have over 500 videos on my youtube channel so go over there if you're bored if you're looking for something to watch on youtube go check me out and see uh see if you're into me and while you're over there leave a comment drop a like and subscribe because fuck yeah that's what i gotta say i gotta drop my plugs y'all and uh yeah seriously if you want to leave me a message, talk about it, let me know what you think, uh, and uh, we'll see you guys 
in the next episode. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I need to say. Uh, go check a Twitter. Uh, Twitter is cool because I let you guys in on some insider tips on what's going on with the podcast, the the YouTube channel. You get to see uh, which uh, game I'm going to be covering early on the Twitter. I usually drop that like a few days before the podcast is going to drop on Sunday. You guys get to see and get all excited about which game I'm going to talk about. Rabble, rabble, rabble. It's really cool. Have a good time on Twitter, so go over there. Give us a follow. Make sure you're following this podcast. Give it some five stars or whatever. And uh, make sure you're following because, goddamn, I, I, I like seeing people follow because that that's like really cool. It's like subscribe and stuff so uh, i hope you guys have a good week and you're having a good week because it's only wednesday i guess it's hump day so here's your hump day podcast to hopefully get you over the hump of the week and get you to your weekend fuck yeah